0: Good morning. This is Tommy Ray, and we're in episode 46 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. Today, we're going to talk about rural water districts, what they are, who they serve, and some of the problems they encounter. We're fortunate to have Stan Linker, manager of the Central Well County Water District, join us. Welcome, Stan.
1: Well, thank you, Mr. Ray. I'm glad to be here, and hopefully I can Help you with some of the answers to these questions.
0: I'm sure you can. Would you, let's to start, would you uh, tell us how long you've worked here and give us a little bit of your background?
1: I'm in the 15th year working for Central Weld County Water District. I started as operations manager and then in 2013 John Zedell retired and I took over in September of 2013. It's interesting the timing for that because you know it's big shoes to fill. I just asked God, please don't give me anything major until I've had a couple of years under my belt. And then what happens? The flood of 2013. <laughs> right away. So he didn't listen too well, but because we lost some major water lines serving the towns down in the Carbon Valley and, and some out here. So
0: I, I remember that. It's going to be a hard one to forget. And uh, this was just, as you said, when John Zedel was retiring right and I think he came back to help yeah he came back yeah to help yeah, get just, through
1: you there. know it was going to be a lot for me just being a brand new manager yeah so. absolutely so, absolutely yeah and the board asked him to come back and help and, and you know we had to get great contractors northern Colorado construction does a lot of our work and they just dropped everything all of their jobs brought all their equipment brought all their people rented more equipment and just dug in and, and helped us through that whole thing
0: uh, that's that's great. Well, I hope that doesn't happen again anytime soon.
1: God, let's pray not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's pray for rain, but not all at once. We do, yeah. question in my mind about a rural water district is, you know, cities typically have their own supplies, but there were all these rural homes that surely had water wells. Why did Central Well County Water District come into existence? Why did any rural water district come into existence?
1: Well, I I think what happened is, Colorado Big Thompson project was already bringing water over here. And I think you had a group of farmers that had some wonderful foresight into the future and say, you know what, we need to be a part of this. We need to be able to bring quality water that's reliable to our customers, to our friends, to our neighbors. Well, water was fine, but you know, I think over the years, you know, it's, it's not as healthy as what Colorado Big Thompson water is that we treat, yeah. and so they just wanted to provide a more reliable, safe quality
0: water. Uh, so, water quality was a big part of yeah. it. And you, you started off by saying to our customers, uh, at well, the time, of course, they were customers it, at, at the at time. That time,
1: and so but so they had to go out beat the bushes and say, Hey, we want you to be a part of this system. And we need to have buy-in and we're going to have to put up money. And and so they went out and, you know, back then, I mean, the cost for a tap was a hundred bucks. Yeah. Ah. I mean, CBT share, I think, was a dollar fifty or something. You know, it was very affordable. But even then, it was a struggle to people. You know, people said, like, well, I got the well. What do I need with this water for? And, a- absolutely. You know, but it was the foresight and the drive that this group of farmers had to... It's just like anything. When you want to bring something new to people, there's always hesitation. You know, they're going to they're gonna say, no, we don't need it. It's just like advent of computers. You know, people say, you know, we don't need computers. You know, I can do it all this way. But now you can't do it without computers.
0: Absolutely. It's Absolutely. the same
1: way now. Wells, the quality has gotten worse and worse of so the water. You know, you pulled so much out. Now they got this high-quality water from, you know, the CBT project and the, It's just a great thing that the farmers, that group, kept pushing it. And, you know, they put a lot of their own time, drive, and probably some of their own money into it to get it going. And then they passed the bond. And so...
0: The water district, again, the formation of Central Well County Water District. And for the listeners, I I think mainly you serve east of I-25, between I-25 and the Platte River, north of Fort Lupton, basically to Greeley. Is that kind of...
1: Well, yeah, you're right. East of I-25, we just stay south of the St. Brayne River. And we go all the way out east to east of Kersey by about four or five miles east of Kersey. We're we're south of the Platte, south of the St. Brayne River, and way east of Kersey, about four or five miles. And then we kind of follow Highway 85 down south. We serve LaSalle, Gilcrest, Platteville, Milliken. Uh, we have an emergency interconnect with Johnstown when they need help. Uh, we supply Carbon Valley, Frederick, Firestone, Dakota, and we go about 4 or 5 miles south of Dakota. We cover 250 square miles, Okay. 450 to 500 miles of pipe, and it takes probably an hour to get from the east end of our district clear down to the south end of our district. Wow. And we do all that with seven field technicians.
0: So the early farmers uh, that set up the district, did they have to create sort of a blue line like cities do that says, okay, this is the area we want to serve, or did they originally set up a smaller area and then people petitioned in and it expanded?
1: Yeah, it started in a smaller area. And, you know, going clear back then, I can't tell you how, how they developed it because we've got some of the very first taps up in the north end, and then we have some variable taps clear down south. So how they how they worked all that, I don't know.
0: Okay. But are are there developers right now though, today that want to petition in the Central Well County Water District so that they can be served by your
1: water? Not really. Most of the developers are in the towns. And so we have just rural customers, uh, individual farmers, homeowners that buy ground in the country and want to build a home. A lot of our water goes to dairies, feedlots.
0: Really? That good, clean water is going to dairies and feedlots?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they've they've proven that these dairies and feedlots, the dairies get better milk production. With cleaner water? With using our water than if they're using their well water. Is that right? Yeah, and same with uh, beef. Uh, they get a better increase in, in yield. And we have uh, Morning Fresh Farms, which is an egg farm, and they get better quality eggs using our water.
0: Man, I'm glad I talked to you about that. It's yeah, man. yeah. yeah that's, that's great. Okay, so the purpose is only to deliver potable water. You, yes. don't, you don't have uh, two water lines.
1: No, we're spread out too far, yep. and we, you know, we don't have any of those non-potable sources in our inventory.
0: Do you ever think about that? In other words, there's uh, there's lower quality water from ditches that are out there.
1: We've talked a little bit about it. It would only be basically to help out the large users, the farm, the dairies, and the feedlots and stuff. But they have their own wells, and you know, with the price of water increasing the way it is a lot of them have figured out alternative sources on their own bringing their wells back into production blending with our water to the point where it doesn't hurt their yield but it lowers their water usage and costs
0: so many of your customers particularly the uh, ag ag customers have their own existing supplies
1: yeah you know way back you know they had wells and then you know they right. wanted to get the quality water and yeah. you know and, you know For the longest time, our water was less expensive than probably the electricity to run their wells.
0: We may as well jump right into prices of water then, since you brought that up (laughs) a couple of times. As both of us know that, particularly within the past 10 years, prices have exploded. Did you look up, like, in 1970, 80, what your prices have done?
1: Back in... Nineteen seventy-four, price of CBT was probably around five six hundred dollars.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Nineteen eighty, it spiked there up to twenty five hundred dollars per share. Went back down in, in the mid eighties to another, I don't know, twelve hundred or so. Twelve fifteen hundred dollars. It kind of stayed there until two thousand. Two thousand, it spiked up to fifteen thousand dollars per share. Then it dropped back down over the years. 2012, 2010, 2012, it was around $7,500. And then back in uh, 2013, it jumped back up to $15,000 per share. Then in fourteen, it jumped up to $22,000 per share. In 2015, it jumped up to $25,000, $26,000 per share. Uh twenty seventeen it jumped up to thirty three thousand dollars per share. In twenty eighteen it went to forty thousand dollars per share. And from there in twenty nineteen it went to sixty-five thousand dollars per share.
0: And it's hanging in there at about sixty five right it's now. It's
1: hanging in there. I've had some people call looking for sixty-five to seventy. Okay. I mean, this water is not going to go down anymore.
0: The cost of water, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I would guess is 90% of the charge that you have to charge per tap then. I mean, obviously the cost of water is going to be reflected in your tap cost.
1: What we do is we quarterly adjust our tap cost based on contracts going through northern so we know what water is selling for. And so right, you know, our last adjustment was $61,000 for
0: average. For a tap?
1: Yeah. For a share of CBT. So we put that into our cost for a tap. So right now our cost is $73,000 for a full tap. Okay.
0: 73000 61000
1: of that is the CBT cost. Okay. 10000 is for plant investment which with plant investment is, every time somebody buys a tap, you're taking a little bit out, a bite out of the capacity that we have, so you gotta pay for increasing that capacity. So that's what plant investment is. Growth pays for itself. So anybody new comes in, they need to pay that plant investment fee, so you're not passing on your increase in infrastructure onto existing existing customers. And then there's $2,000 in there for installation.
0: I don't want to confuse the listeners. We've always talked about water on a dollar per acre foot basis. Acre feet is the unit of exchange that everyone uses when buying and selling water. CBT water shares, also called CBT units, sell for $65,000 a share. But remember, one share of CBT delivers 0.7 acre feet, dividing 65,000 by 0.7 means that one acre foot of CBT sells for $93,000. Okay, that's clear. Let's break down CW's raw water cost portion of a tap on a CBT share cost basis. It gets a little confusing, but you'll get it. One house typically needs 0.5 acre feet. So the new raw water portion of a tap will be 0.5 divided by 0.7, or 72% of the cost of a CBT share's which is now $65,000 a share. 72% of 65,000 equals about 46,000. Then we have to factor in a 10% loss of water in the piping system of the CW distribution system. So $46,000 divided by 0.9, that would be a 10% loss, Equals about $51,000. So that's where CW gets its number to charge for the raw water portion of a tap. Whew. I hope you got that. Now back to our discussion with Stan. How many taps a year do you typically sell? 500? Oh no,
1: not for Central. We probably 30, 40 is all. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, the growth is in the towns, and we don't, you know, we just serve the towns with master. So it's just for our rural customers, the taps that we sell. I mean, we're only like at 3,000 uh,
0: taps. Okay. So you just said something that the listeners need to know, and that is that uh, you're a rural water district, and the original intent was to serve individual farmers and houses in the rural areas, but you also serve some cities.
1: We do. We serve uh, nine towns.
0: And, um, uh, those cities came to you and said, "Look, we would like t- to get in." Were they at that time typically on big water wells, or were were they where were they getting their water? I mean, they
1: had to be getting it from local what you know wells or I don't know reservoirs. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Okay, if you know a little bit about how we serve the towns. We serve them with master meters. We don't serve the individual customers. So we do wholesale to the towns and with master meters, and then they do the infrastructure downstream of the master meters, and they take care of all that retail. We, we manage all the water system to those master meters and the master meters.
0: You previously told me we're today you're charging about $73,000 per full for,
1: tap. For a full tap.
0: Let's take a town like, I don't know, Firestone. They have to pay you because your cost is $61,000 per CBT unit, or at least that's what you factored into your costs. I'm, I'm trying to get at, what, what does the city charge for a tap? What's far that, from that
1: I don't know, but okay. the city has their own CBT. So the, uh, the cost of a CBT share has nothing to do uh, with the towns. Yep. They buy their own. And then they transfer us the raw water to treat, and then we sell it back to them. And what that transfers based on previous year's usage, plus uh, an additional 20% to deal with shrink from okay. the treatment plant all the way out here. So, so his, it's their water we treat. So
0: historically, out. cities have asked a developer to bring them. Bring the water. Bring the water, but it has to be CBT
1: water. CBT or Windy Gap. Because that's the only two water sources we can get into Carter Lake. And yep. that's where our treatment plant is, okay. at Carter
0: Lake. Your, your treatment plant sits just below Carter Lake. Yes. And that's high enough so that there's pressure there to push the water all the way across I-25. Or do you have pumping stations?
1: No, it's it's uh, all gravity fed. We Actually, we have
0: pressure-reducing
1: valves to break the pressure because we get too high a pressure. One of our PRVs on I-25, we get... Two hundred fifty pounds of pressure,
0: and that's a lot. That's a, lot, I, I that's a okay. lot of pressure.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: so there's a tremendous elevation difference uh, difference yeah. between where the treatment plant is located and basically your service area. What is that in feet? Is that two hundred feet, or do you know?
1: Oh, at least three hundred.
0: So it's it's that's significantly higher. I mean, we're oh, up on the Three hundred feet of head—that's yeah. a lot of pressure. Yeah. Okay. So we it. have to
1: break it all the way down.
0: So you mentioned that you share a water treatment plant. Who who do you share a treatment plant with? Little Thompson
1: Water District.
0: Okay, so Little Thompson is a similar rural water district that yes. probably started in a situation similar to CW, and uh, they built a plant initially. Right. And then you told me you bought into that plant. Yes. And it's been expanded since. Several
1: times, yeah, to keep up with the growth.
0: That treatment plant only uses, I suppose, a sand filter and some chlorination?
1: No, we have two different plants up there. One is direct filtration where you have water being treated with flocculants to settle out the the dissolved solids. It goes through direct filtration where you have uh, anthracite and then sand that filters out anthracite is coal.
0: Okay, so yeah, and so you just said something to, to filter out the total suspended solids, right? Oh yeah. Okay. We have to take
1: it. everything out of the water anymore.
0: Yeah, but you can't take out the dissolved solids. Like, I mean, you have to have a reverse osmosis to take out dissolved solids, right? Yeah. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, that's that's all way above my pay grade. <laughs> I'm i dis- I'm a distribution <laughs> manager, not a, a water treatment person. So
0: I love it. We talked about CBT's allotment. The, the original idea was that CBT would bring over one acre foot for every share or for every, as they call it, unit. But historically, they found out instead of bringing over 310,000 acre feet annually, historically, they brought over 240,000 acre feet annually. And so they set the allotment at a percentage of that one. And for cities and water districts, they just say, okay, we'll make it 70%. And so you get 7 tenths of an acre foot for every unit that you own.
1: Right, right, and that changes year to year. But not for cities, right? No, for everybody. Anybody that owns a share of CBT, that changes.
0: I thought I thought that CBT would say, okay, for cities, we're going to protect you and we'll give you 70%. No. No. I didn't know that. Yeah, that would not be fair. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, Stan, uh, you you mentioned that your favorite water sources, in fact, your only water sources right now, are CBT and what was the other one? Windy Gap. Windy Gap, which is... Basically part of the CPT yeah, system. it's yeah. still part of the same quality. Same, same quality water. And so along comes NISP. I guess you and a lot of the cities, I think there are 15 participants. 15
1: participants, yes.
0: And so they've sort of hung their hat on future water supplies on getting NISP water. NISP, of course, is be a different location. So will that water be able to get into your treatment facility, NISP water, or will they have their own
1: not our current facility at Carter Lake. Glade Reservoir is up north of Fort Collins. Right. So there'll be a, a raw water line coming down south into our areas. What we're doing is we're going to be building an East I-25 treatment plant in the area where this water line will be coming south. And so we can treat the NIST water, not only for us, but all of our customers that have water. Okay, and so that, that's what that's being built. For.
0: So your treatment plant will yeah. be just be, be CW plant, yep, and you will well, ask your cities that you provide water to help you finance it. Sell capacity in it. Where's the end in sight for the price of new water? <laughs> Do you see it? No
1: No. I mean, I don't think it's going to be long before you see 70 yeah. 75. I had one developer I talked to, he's out of New York that owns farms here. And he has experts telling him that someday we'll see 129000 hundred and twenty
0: nine thousand. Per share of CBT unit. Yeah.
1: When you when you look at C B T versus NISP, you know, CBT you have this a lot, you know, seventy percent average, you know, it could be eighty or it could be sixty or it could be fifty. And if you take that and put it into what would cost for a full uh, acre foot of water. I mean, you're escalating that cost up to 80-some thousand dollars for actual water that you get. With NISP, there is no allotment. It's 100%. So you get 100% of what you own. So it's going to be expensive, too. The cost of the project will be expensive, but you're going to get more water.
0: What percentage of NISP does CW own? 8.75 percent. So you're going to get 8.75 percent of whatever that firm yield determination was.
1: Well, the firm yield is 40,000 acre
0: feet. So you're going to get,
1: and so our shares are 30, we had 3,500 acre
0: feet. Okay, and so they're basically guaranteeing you 3,500 acre feet per year
1: once you get it filled. Yeah,
0: once you get it filled. Yeah.
1: You know, the, the total capacity is 100 in the project, 170,000 acre feet. So currently, with CBT, at the end of the year, if we have water left over, we can only carry over 20% of what we own. With NISP, there is no limit on carryover. So it's, it's like a firming project, like Windy Gap firming project. So we'll be able to store, Central Well or any other participant will be able to store over four times what they own. You know, so if you're not using it year after year, you can build it up and build it up, so you're going to have a backup supply in tough times. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. So you and others feel that NISP is a desperately needed project that's only been in the permitting stage for 18 years now. And by the way, I'm, I'm going to interview uh, Greg Dewey. You know uh-huh. him? Yeah. I think next Tuesday. Oh, NISP. he's a great. great guy. Yeah, he is a great guy. Yeah. I really like Greg uh stan i really appreciate your time it's important that all coloradans understand as much about water as possible it was a pleasure sitting down with you any other final words other than pray for rain
1: (laughs) well Tommy, it is a pleasure for me sitting down with you and hopefully i haven't confused your listeners more than than explain things i get to rambling the big thing is conservation you know it's counterintuitive for a water district. You know, we get our revenue from selling water. But if I don't have the water to sell, I'm not going to get the revenue anyway. We have to do conservation. We have to figure out ways to keep our usages lower. Being scaping your yards, there's not a lot of things that, you know, our ag customers, our dairies and feedlots can do. I mean, cattle got to drink, you know, so you can't do anything there. But towns need to really step up with conservation and new developers need to step up with conservation and different avenues for what they need water for um, but that's my big thing is and that's all of our big thing is conservation
0: Thank you very much Stan Pleasure You're welcome. All right, It was a pleasure talking to Stan I like to end each session by totally relaxing near my favorite mountain stream See you next time